The following episode may contain inappropriate material. Listener discretion is advised. the blues i've got the matlock episode is over and now i have nothing to watch blues i want to watch matlock right now but i'm here recording this episode with you the blues i've got the blues ladies and gentlemen i'm going to interrupt my partner here for a minute because i believe this might be the worst blues song ever in the history of the genre whatever man i spent a lot of time writing it it was like 30 to 40 seconds and that john was a lot and i can't believe you'd even insult me like that i i'm i'm just saying listen we we love to sing here on matt talk we do but uh, that was pretty bad let us know b-e-n-m-a-t-t-a-l-k at gmail.com we are not even one minute into the episode and you are already plugging the email that's right man um, and also comment, subscribe, all that fun stuff. <laughs> all right. Well, it's Jason and John back at you with another episode of Matt Talk. Uh, we uh, are doing this episode on the regular schedule because last time, uh, as we mentioned, on the 13th, you had uh, COVID and you were sick as a dog. So last week we dropped the cult. This week we're going to talk about the blues singer, which is the episode. But before we get into that, Jason, you want to talk about the big news that's happening this week? I do, John. I really do. Um, so we recorded uh, Matt Talk uh, the day before um, Richard Belzer passed away. And then that happened to come out the day after he passed away. And um, we didn't mean for it to be a tribute. And it kind of just worked out that way. But um, I just wanted to take a second and, you know, rest in peace to Richard Belzer. I started Law & Order from the beginning again with my daughter. I wanted to watch Homicide Life on the streets, but it's not streaming anywhere. So we're watching... SVU from the beginning. That's not the news you were talking about, John, but I just figured that's the perfect time to, to mention that. I wanted to just say, you know, rest in peace because I didn't get to say that last time because we didn't know it was going to be a tribute. It was a big surprise to us all. But let's talk about the other news that you mentioned. Yes, we are interviewing uh, the day after this comes out. So Tuesday, we're interviewing uh, Daniel Roebuck from um, Matlock and Lost, two of my favorite shows of all time. And I'm so excited to talk to him because I didn't know that was him on Lost. And he plays a character that I really found uh, fun and funny in the first season. So I, he's been in so much stuff. I had no idea. I'm going to watch the Munsters this weekend so we can talk to him about that a little bit. But um, I am stoked, man. And he's in the – so the episode we'll be doing after we interview him, he's a guest star in. Yeah, he uh, showed up several times prior to him being casted as uh, Cliff. In yeah, so, uh, March is the month of road. <laughs> yeah, March is, yeah, forget about March Madness. March is the month of Roebuck. That's right. We've already seen Daniel in an episode. I believe it was in season one or two. It was called The Doctors. 
where he played Dr. Shaw, if I remember correctly. So, and, and as I said, he's going to appear a couple more times before landing his recurring role as Cliff. But um, Jason, I, with that being said, let's, let's go ahead. Let's jump headlong right into this episode, shall we? Uh, yeah. First, John, I want to ask you, are you into blues music? I uh, I appreciate it, but I'm not a big blues um, uh, fan. I mean, if you ask me to name a blues singer, I mean BB King, and that's it. That that that's where my knowledge starts and ends. Yourself? Yeah, we all know I'm a hip hop guy, but I do like blues and jazz. I I couldn't tell you much, but I'll turn a playlist on, especially at nighttime, and just let it play yeah. in the background. You know, I think I lean more towards jazz because I'll, I'll play some jazz, you know, through Spotify or whatnot, like when I'm doing stuff around the house because it's kind of calming, you know, and, and whatnot. Um, so I, I would prefer jazz over than, uh, you know, not like that that old school jazz, not the new stuff, like the old, you know, when we're talking about that, we're talking Harlem Renaissance style of jazz. That's what I dig. Yeah, old man, not the new stuff. John, don't not the new, the new stuff. stuff. No. It's too darn loud. <laughs> You hold on. I got to yell at some kids around my lawn. Hold on for a minute. Anyways. All right. With that, then, ladies and gentlemen, let's jump into our opening statements. Well, we have several guest stars who have gigantic resumes. So I'm going to tell everybody that's listening. I went with the the top five uh, individual characters that we're going to see on this episode. And with all due respect to the other individuals uh, that appeared, the, these were the big five, if you will. And let's start off with Joe Seneca, who plays Eddie Hayes. You may know him as Reverend Isaiah Street in A Time to Kill. That is one of my favorite movies, like, ever. Really? Yes. And he was one of his last roles. I remember him very vividly. He was trying to get uh, um, Carl Lee to uh, switch lawyers to a black lawyer. He was Tumor in the biopic Malcolm X, but he also oh, yeah, has they appeared... had Somebody was named Tumor in a movie? Yeah, T-O-O-M-E-R. Oh, okay. So not, well, not um... like it. It's not like, it's a Tumor. No, no, it's not like that. Professor Bingham in Sequest 2032. Willabin in Mississippi Masala. And President McPherson in School Days and a few other... Uh, various different movie and TV projects. But one added note, he is an accomplished blues singer, which yeah, I think I is, that. yeah, I don't think that's a big surprise. If you watch this episode, the guy seems to know what he's doing. And there's not a lot of those, you know, cutaway shots where you're seeing only like hands playing the guitar, but yet you don't see the whole person. You know what I mean? So not surprised by that fact that he was pretty accomplished in the, uh, in the genre. All right, our next guest star is Bonnie Bartlett, who plays Lorraine Maslin. You may also know her as Ellen Craig on Saint Elsewhere. Lynn Bernstein on V. Mary Ann Benedict in the movie Twins. Helen on Better Call Saul. Dean Lila Bolander on Boy Meets World and a host of other credits as well. Did you remember her from Boy Meets World? Because I know that's kind of in your wheelhouse. Oh my God, that is who that is. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, she's uh, Mr. Feeney's wife, I believe, in real life. Oh, yeah. in real life. Yeah, she's married to him. Okay, cool. Uh, I remember her probably more for the uh, the appearance on V. Okay, yeah, she did um, uh, St. Elsewhere, they did together also, and then they did Boy to Meets World together. They worked together quite a bit, her and her husband. Oh yeah, that's right. He was on St. Elsewhere. I forgot about that as well. Okay, all right. 
Our next uh, guest star, Alyssa Davalos, who will be playing the role of Suzanne Cullen. You may know her from her role as Nikki Carpenter on the original MacGyver. Doreen Gillespie on Life Goes On. Uh, Leslie O'Connor on Scarecrow and Mrs. King. We're going to see Alyssa a little bit later on because she has two other upcoming Matlock appearances, I think in the last couple of seasons, season eight and nine. So um, there you go for Alyssa's rundown of her resume. I do want to say for Bonnie, uh, she was in the uh, trifecta of um, Perry Mason, Matlock, and Murder, She Wrote. Really? I overlooked that. I didn't know if I, I, I must have overlooked that. Otherwise, I would have done the hoopla of having a hat trick. <laughs> and St. Elsewhere, which every guest star has been on that show. We are on a streak of uh, St. Elsewhere, are we not? Yeah, everybody is on It seems Elsewhere. like we've had a lot of people on that. Yeah. All right, let's move on to John Allen Nelson, who will play Terry Maslin. You may know him as Walt Cummings on 24, a show I know you just recently rewatched, correct? No, I haven't rewatched. I need to rewatch it, but I have not rewatched it. Oh, okay. It's, I thought, dude, I thought there's you not enough time in the day. Daughter. There's not enough time in the day to rewatch anything. Mm. I keep making new stuff. True. Very true. And I like to watch um, it all. He will also be playing the role of John D. Court on Baywatch. Silas on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, President DeVore on Crisis, which I forgot about that show, and I don't think it lasted very long, but I was like, oh, yeah, the whole Secret Service, like, assassin-like drama that NBC ran on Sundays. I totally forgot about it. I also forgot about this show. He was Matt Cutter on Sheena. Do you remember that show? It was like a syndicated Hercules-like show. I, I don't. I'm looking it's it up star- now. It starred uh, Gina Lee Dolan, I believe, from Baywatch. Or Gina Lee Nolan, excuse me. Not Dolan. Nolan. Oh, wow. Yeah, I see that. You don't remember that show? I vaguely remember it. I do not. Okay. Anyways, and he's done a host of other things. So John Allen Nelson certainly got the uh, the resume and the accomplishments and accolades uh, for uh, his portrayals of various different characters. And lastly, we will talk about Mark Rolston, who will play the role of Morrissey, the character, not the singer. Uh, You may also know him as Boggs Diamond in the Shawshank Redemption, Delahunt in The Departed, Private Drake in Aliens, Agent Russ in Rush Hour, uh, Lieutenant Thorne in Bosch, and he's done a ton of voiceover work for video games. But I want to stop and, and talk real quick about Bosch. Have you watched that show? I have not, but I, I do want to point out real quick, John. Um, I don't, I can't remember if you said it. I don't think you did. John Allen was also in the trifecta. John Allen, that's, that's two. Oh my gosh, I'm slipping in my old age. But no, I, I've seen um, the first few episodes of Bosch, and the only reason I haven't continued is just because I keep getting sidetracked. It's a really good show. Okay. All right. Cool. Well, um, with that, uh, the other thing that we need to mention real quick, the blues singer, obviously, as we mentioned it early on, is the name of the episode, and its original air date is May 9th, 1989. And uh, so with that, Jason, I have a question for you. Are you ready to give an opinion? Your opinion? And only your opinion, so help you? 
I do, and this is the part of the podcast where John will give us the breakdown of the episode. He will start with no, the no, stop, stop, cut, 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 stop, stop. What are you doing? That's not even part of it. You know what we have to let people know. We have to let them know. You're so pleased with yourself on that did, one, aren't you? Did you like that? He's going to start at the beginning and end at the end. <laughs> yeah, that really succinct way to go. Let's testify. <laughs> let's, let's testify. The plot of this episode is that an old blues singer who is down on his luck is accused of killing a man who is trying to help him. And so we will go to the opening scene where we see pictures of old blues singers and some down on their luck folks, which then transitions to Eddie traveling in the back of a pickup truck, uh, going to a town called Hastings. Now, Jason, I got to start off. I don't think it's politically correct to do this anymore, but as a kid, did you ever ride in the back of a pickup truck? Did I as a kid? I might have as a kid. I definitely did as a teenager. I don't remember. I don't think I have as an adult. Okay, wait. So that counts as a teenager. You did it. Okay. Well, I, I've done it a couple of times as a child. Now, granted, it wasn't like on the, you know, major freeway. It was like, hey, jump in the truck. I'll take you over to your buddy's house. You know, my dad would say, jump in the back of the truck and go over. But no, like, expressway, you know, like, again, going like 25 miles an hour. Still, still dangerous. But I just kind of, it, it made, it gave me a, a little bit of the warm fuzzies to see that because I'm I don't think it's something that happens nowadays. I um have also like laid on top of a car before while I was driving. What? I don't recommend that anybody. Wait, um, I was a dumb teenager. What were you doing? Uh, laying on top of it. No, no, I know, but I mean, like, were you like, like, hey, watch this? This is a cool trick I picked up from watching movies, or like, did somebody... it was car surfing, but I was too chicken, so I just laid on it. Oh, I see. Okay, I see. That Don's like, you have been car surfing before. <laughs> I was okay. teen teen wolfing it. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Okay, okay, cool. <laughs> so Eddie is left off in downtown Hastings, and soon he's playing on a street corner, and people are enjoying his music. And we are introduced to an individual named Terry, who's quite a dapper fellow, is he not? Yeah. Well, he is impressed by eddie's playing in fact he says aren't you cougar haynes and indeed eddie is is he's taken back by somebody remembering him from oh so long ago uh he was apparently a big deal in the 50s and 60s but disappeared in the 70s and so terry offers eddie a free meal and then takes him to his house which his house is very swank because apparently terry was part of a huge band uh, I don't remember the name of the band, but it was like a one word band, you know, Dreams, I think it was. I'm, I'm not, don't quote me on that, but I think that was the name of the uh, the band. And um, yeah, he's made a pretty penny in the uh, songwriting uh, industry, has he not? He has. But even though he's made all that money, he's still a mama's boy to an extent, is he not? Oh my God. His mom... <laughs> comes out and gives him an earful i went and bought groceries and then i did this and then i did that and all the bands waiting on you and who's this oh my goodness she was extra was she not oh my god who is this in my house yeah mildly racist i think whoa whoa you thought she was mildly racist i didn't pick up that vibe she didn't want that guy in her house well that's because he's a stranger not because of his race oh okay i (laughs) I mean, geez. 
I had just watched you people yesterday, so maybe that was just. <laughs> <laughs> you already had it in your mind that racism is everywhere. Okay, I don't. <laughs> I really don't think she didn't want him in the house because of his uh, race, but I think it was because he was a stranger. Which this is the question I wrote down. I'm. I mean, he seems, and he being uh, uh, Eddie, he seems awful trusting of Terry. Like, I was just thinking, if you were in his shoes, would you accept just a blind invitation to a house where you don't know what this dude's got in the house? Maybe he's got drugs. Maybe he's got, like, you know, people chained up in the basement. Maybe he's, you know, I don't know. Like, this was the 80s. We didn't, we didn't think about that back in the 80s. I guess we didn't. I don't know. I just, but Stranger Danger, that was the height of it in the in the 80s. Not for adults. I guess not. I guess you're right. I guess you're right. But it I just, does, I don't it know. It doesn't help move the plot if he stays on the corner. <laughs> true. Very true. Which I have some, I have some questions about that. We'll get to in a little bit here. Hey, do you so, want to come home with me? Nope. In credits. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Or he runs away. Stranger Danger. Stranger Danger. And he just runs away. Leaves his, his guitar on. And, and and his 37 bucks he's made in his case. What, just what do you think away. of this episode of Matlock? Well, it was 37 seconds long, John. It was really hard to, <laughs> to gather. I thought it was gutsy. It was quick. I've sneezed longer than this show. All right. Anyways, let's try this and get, get focused here. Terry leaves Eddie in the kitchen, says, hey, man, help yourself. You want something to eat? And he goes in the back to talk to the band. I also wanted to know why was the band just randomly hanging out at his house? Is it like the cool place where is it is it Central Perk, if you will, where everybody just hangs out? I mean, I guess they wanted a comeback, right? Well, don't call it a comeback. He's been here for years, rocking his peers, putting suckers in fear. And that, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, is the lyrical stylings of LL Cool J. <laughs> who would have made an awesome cameo appearance in this episode, I think. Yeah, why not? Why not? Because we still need to get we still need to get Eddie that that great hit single so he can live comfortably. Who else yeah. would have been? Who else in '89 would have been hotter than LL Cool J? Nobody. Nobody is correct. Anyways, the band uh, gets uh, very 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 upset. There's a heated conversation between Terry and the band, and uh, so they barge into the kitchen and they're arguing and they leave. And then um, Eddie and and uh, Terry have a drink. And Terry's like, I want to write you a song, man, to get you back on your feet. And all of a sudden, as they're piecing together this tune, a random girl shows up. And Eddie's like, hey, nicely done, my man. And that will be a central plot that we'll come back to, a, a sticking point in the tale. Uh, but we fast forward to a scene where... Um, Eddie is leaving and he's like, look, I don't want to, I don't want to put an undue stress on you because your mom's coming back. You're having dinner plans. You know what? It's cool. Thank you for the hospitality. I'll come back in the morning, but I'm just, I'm going to hang out in the park, which again, doesn't seem like the safest place to be in Hastings or Atlanta, or I don't know where we are. So allow me a quick rant real quick. One of the negatives I had about this episode is all of the settings. Like, were we in Hastings? Where is Hastings? I presume it's a small little town in Georgia. We're back in Atlanta at the courthouse. We're all over the place with the setting. Driving distance is 22 miles, John. Wait, you looked up, is Hastings a real city? Yeah. Okay, and it's 22 miles from Atlanta to Hastings. Yeah. 
Okay, well, thank you for clarifying. That's all doable, John. So your negative yeah. is no longer a negative. You know what? You know what? There you go. Thank you very much for for turning that frown upside down, as the old saying goes. Yeah, I guess when you were putting on your face this morning for that hour and a half, you made me wait. Uh, you didn't have time to look that up. Mm. <laughs> Again, some of us slept till 1030. Some of us weren't up at the butt crack of dawn. I Anyways. Hey, John, let's do Matt talk. <laughs> I, I will tell you right now. Then I then I would have had to call Ben Matlock because I would have murdered you if you called me at four in the morning. <laughs> and you know what? I don't know if I have a hundred thousand dollars either to pay Matlock, so I'd be screwed. You know what? I think Columbo's a, a, a lower rate. I'd have to call Columbo, maybe. You know what? Who do you think, ladies and gentlemen, has the the salary? Let's 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 hear it from you. All right, let's hear it from you. Piece together a couple of uh, of our sleuths. From the TV in, uh, genre and and give us what you think their prices are. And Jason, how can they do that? B e n m a t t a l k at gmail.com. Email me. Say hi. There you go. Or you can find us on social media. Twitter is at Matt Talk underscore podcast and Facebook is Matt Talk Podcast. Drop us a line. Tell us who you think. Is it is it Jessica Fletcher, then Matlock, then Columbo? Then Kojak, where do they rank? Ladies and gentlemen, you let us know. All right, so Terry goes into his house and he flips on the Walkman and he turns off the lights, which I don't understand why you would turn off the lights, but whatever. Uh, and he is killed by several blows to the head. And so then we cut to the scene where the cops are looking for Eddie. They find him and arrest him. And he has stolen property like jewelry and whatnot on him that uh, belongs to Terry, and then we go to a scene that may have been reminiscent of what Jason would have pulled at 4 o'clock in the morning, and me, much like Ben, groveling for the phone. There's a phone call from Sheriff Dan Gurney, who's a friend of Ben, apparently, and asked him to take the case because he knows, deep down inside, the sheriff knows that clearly Eddie's not a killer. Yeah, back in the days before you could silence your ringer, folks. Mm-hmm. You know what, though? I had a rotary phone that had a, a switch, a ringer switch on it. You could shut it off. Did you? Most people yeah. just put it off the hook. Yeah. Yeah, I had that. And then I had a, a push-button phone that said the ringer on the side that you could shut off. Oh, maybe I did, too. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, so Ben seems to know Eddie, and he's a fan. And um, Eddie explains, hey, man, it's the same story that many people have had. You know, um, I had money. I, I drank too much. I partied too much. I spent some time in jail because I punched out a promoter. And uh, my career went down the toilet, man. And so Eddie explains the events of the night. He uh, doesn't know who this mystery woman is, as that'll become a common theme. And we cut to our first courtroom scene where Eddie uh, is uh, being presented in front of the, the judge for bail. And uh, Eddie, it's agreed upon. We'll live with Ben until the trial is over. All right. I got to ask you, Jason, what do you think it's like living with Ben Matlock? Um, Be honest now. Lots of hot dogs. Um, <laughs> he, probably has, he probably has a set bedtime. Um, <laughs> a lot of music playing going on. I don't know. I don't think it'd be that bad. I think it'd be like living with your grandfather back then. Okay. All right. What time do you think Ben goes to bed, by the way? I don't know. Eight. Really? I give him 9, 9.30. I well, would maybe. say that. Yeah. Unless Ace oh. is around. Oh, yeah, that's true. Ace that's probably true. Him up late. 
Yeah, Ace Ace is one of those dudes that stays up late. He's a night owl. Yes. Ace is probably easily going to bed two or three o'clock in the morning, not getting up till like ten or eleven. Absolutely. I guarantee you that that that's his his schedule. All right, so Michelle joins Ben as they check out Terry's home. And um there's kind of a little bit of a clash between Lorraine, the mother of Terry, and Ben, because She's like, how dare you, you know, represent my son's killer. And Ben's like, well, I don't think he did it, ma'am. And yada, yada, yada. And Ben is asking about this mystery woman, which no one seems to know anything about. And so we come back to Matlock's house where Eddie is playing guitar in Ben's kitchen. And Ben sneaks past him to get his guitar. And my question was, number you didn't see him, Eddie. It didn't look like he was complete. Like he walked right behind you. Like. Your peripheral vision would have picked up that he was there, but no, he doesn't. And then all of a sudden he goes, oh, you scared me. And then we have our very first jam session. Jason, what was your thoughts on this jam session and all of the jam sessions we're going to have in this episode? Besides like the last one, that's all this exact same song. Yes, absolutely. Look, I'm... Again, I'm going to jump ahead to my my critique of this episode. There were too many jam sessions. Oh no, I like the music. I disagree, but we'll we'll talk more about that in a little bit. Uh, ben interviews uh, Paul from Terry's band at the studio, and again trying to find out who this mystery woman is. Michelle will interview Morrissey, who's another band member, not the Morrissey, but a guy named Morrissey, and. Um, you know, they talk about the breakup of the band and they talk about like the tour and who needed money. And they even, I think, even mentioned the mystery woman as well. So Eddie and Ben arrive at Terry's home and Lorraine is ticked off. How dare you bring the murderer here? We just need a few minutes, ma'am. A few minutes to go through your underwear drawer and then we are going to be out. <laughs> Well, you know what? I laughed because it was kind of reminiscent of like one of those like uh, teen comedies in the 80s where it seems like, yeah, they were trying to smuggle the panties out in uh, in Ben's coat. Um, but Ben and Eddie search the bedroom. They find a sweater of this mystery woman. They, they smuggle it out. And on the way out, they're catching flack from Lorraine. And uh, that leads us to another conversation Ben has. In the studios, he talks with the band, and um, he then chats a little bit with Morrissey, who admits that he is broke. Meanwhile, the other two members are eavesdropping, which I thought was hilarious. They left the mics on in the studio so they could hear in the booth. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. So out of nowhere, Michelle confronts Suzanne Cullen at the Hastings police station. Okay, I was confused by this. Jason, you could chime in and tell me I'm wrong or give me your two cents worth. But I was under the assumption from the way this scene played out that Suzanne Cullen was an employee, like, at the jail? Like, it just seemed very, very, like, there was no setup to her being, just arriving there. She was just there. And she just didn't, she seemed very one dimensional. And I did not much like the character of Suzanne Cullen. She worked at the jail. I thought she worked at the studio. She worked at the studio, but the way that they presented her, it seemed oh. like right in the first few seconds of her appearing, Jason, I'm like, 
So is she a secretary or, or she has some type of job at this at this jail? Yeah, I mean, it was very confusing. Anyways, they, they talk about the sweater in, in Terry's room. Then we go to yet another jam session, which obviously these jam sessions were the favorite part for Andy Griffith. Obviously, I don't think it's a stretch to say that. No, I love the jam sessions. I know you did. We'll we'll talk in a little bit about that. Michelle and Ben go back to the studio looking for Suzanne. Uh, Suzanne uh, was there at the night of the murder, according to her friend and co-worker. And then the co-worker also says that Cullen took off to Europe. <sighs> so then we go to jam session number three. Yeah. Oh He's holding God. his face in his hand, folks. I can already tell you how this episode's going to go with John, but don't you worry. I'm going to be the complete opposite. And then while playing, all of a sudden, Ben gets this aha moment. And so that leads uh -huh. us to the courtroom. I've heard this before. Or aha, take on me. Take on me. Take me on. You're, you're not singing along. Sorry, Brian did it better. Oh, that's true. <laughs> Inside joke to everyone listening. We have good friend of the uh the other podcast three geeks podcast the pvd cast brian lau and uh he likes to he liked to leave us a video uh on the three geeks page and it was uh very much reminiscent of that aha song so anyways so paul's on the stand and ben interviews him regarding his relationship with uh terry about the breakup of the band and uh knowing suzanne cullen and uh, Paul was dating her first, but she left him for Terry. Much like many women left their dudes for Terry. This is, uh, this is just like uh, Paul's marriage before this, before Colin. The theory is Paul leaves with the band. And then he comes back later and he beats Terry to death. He frames Eddie for that. Here's the proof in the pudding. Ben asked Paul to play a song from his new album. And of course... Courtroom has her own synthesizer right there waiting for him. No, Ben brought it. <laughs> I'm sure Ben brought it. Like, I don't think it was conveniently there. <laughs> of just course like Ben would have a Casio keyboard. Just because that guitar wasn't conveniently there. Ben Ben brought his own props. <laughs> ben got of a all, prop guy. In my, in my head, I could see Ben sending Michelle out, buy me a keyboard. And That's don't exactly worry, what he did. Yeah, you know, save me the receipt. Save me the receipt. We'll write it off on the taxes. He comes back with like a $400 Casio keyboard he's upset about because he wanted one of the dinky ones, you know? Um, anyways, so Paul plays this song from his new album. And as he does, out of nowhere, Eddie has a guitar in the galley and he starts playing along too. Not out of and nowhere. Michelle handed it to him. <laughs> Folks, I don't <laughs> think John watched this episode very no, closely. No, I watched this episode I watched it. I no. I just why is there? Why is he allowed to bring a guitar? Excuse me. Why is she allowed to bring a guitar into the courtroom? Like that's a weapon. I've watched enough pro wrestling to know that you can hit somebody over the head with a guitar and KO them. Again, John, the eighties. I know. <laughs> Security was much more lax in the eighties. Pre pre nine eleven, we didn't have to worry about terrorists attacking us in nineteen eighty nine. Anyways. So they start playing along, and so Ben reveals that, hey, hey, you know why this song works between you two? 
because no one's ever heard that song besides you two and Terry because you stole sheet music while you were gathering up things to frame Eddie. And so the only way that you could know this song is because you were the killer. Uh, look, I gotta be honest with you. That song sounded like garbage. It sounded like hot trash. No, it did not. Yes, it did. It folks, was terrible. Folks, folks, you guys can send your hate emails to B-E-N-M-A-T-T-A-L-K at gmail.com. Oh, you'll forward them to me? No, I'm going to read them on the air. I'm going to surprise you. Okay, good. I, I, I welcome that. Go ahead. I'm not threatened by it. I'm going to stand by my comment. That song that Terry had wrote for, uh, for Eddie, it was rubbish. No, no. I mean, it, it wasn't like the greatest song ever made, but it definitely was not a bad song. Oh, next year, say, well, it's not finished yet, John, because Terry was killed before he could Well, finish. there you go. That's another argument. You just made it for me, John. You're welcome. Yeah. Anyways, so Paul stole the sheet music and the jury acquits Eddie. And then we have jam session number four featuring uh, the bluesmen under their actual real names. Kayfabe is broken. Anyways, and that's the end of the episode. All right, Jason, you got any notes before we jump into our wrap up here? No, but this is the part of the podcast where John and I will rate this. I didn't do the closing. You didn't wait for the bang of the gavel. Oh, sorry. Anyways, with that, ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) let's get to our closing statements. This is the part of the podcast where John and I will rate the show on a gavel system. One gavel means that it absolutely sucked. Five gavels means it was absolutely amazing. Um, and I'm going to start us off because I like this episode a lot. Yes, I like the music. It was fantastic, John. And um, I was in. I, I really enjoyed every moment of this episode. I like that there was actually investigations going on and we didn't see, you know, 12 different angles for the same five minutes of footage of this episode. So, um, yeah, that, that episode a few weeks ago is now the benchmark for the worst episode of Matlock. And this episode was really, really good, and I really dug it. How many gavels? I give it four and a half gavels. Okay. John gives it two. Watch. Okay. Um, first of all, I thought when we restarted and you were waiting for the bang of the gavel, I thought you were going to just not say it, and then there was going to be this awkward moment where we didn't know who was doing the – the the shtick but anyways jason i gave it three gavels i actually thought it was the middle of the road all right Uh, i thought the acting was good minus um the performance for cullen i thought that that was a very very awkward uh performance i thought it was lighter in tone i thought that the stolen sheet music was the nice little crumb that helped you solve the the mystery i like that uh, I, I didn't really think that the mystery girlfriend storyline was necessary. It felt a little bit disjointed. Again, I put down here, even though we've already clarified it, I felt that the setting was a little bit confusing. And look, I felt like this. Like, we could have just had two of those jam sessions and then spent the other few minutes diving into the character of Eddie a little bit more. Because I was I, I felt like, there was an opportunity to talk a little bit more about, well, what happened to him, you know, and and whatnot. I just felt like it was a little bit sparse, his storyline. And again, I'm not, I'm not against the, the the music was fine. I'm just saying that they didn't need, like they didn't need the silly one in the kitchen. They could have cut that one out. 
Um, I understand you wanted to end the 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 show with one with a performance. Great. Okay. Cool. The jam session where they they have the aha moment. Fine. Leave that one. But I just felt there was one too many. Get rid of one or two of those, and then spend a little more time on Eddie. You're shaking your head. No. Keep them all. It was nice to hear something other than like bluegrass. Oh well. We shall agree to disagree. But yeah, three gavels. See, it wasn't two gavels. I totally Mr. thought you were going down to two gavels, man. You had the disappointing look of a father who found out their son uh, was beating people up at school. <laughs> I thought you were going to say smoking weed for a moment. <laughs> I really did. I'm like, is this going to be like a don't do drugs uh, uh, public service announcement? Yeah. What are you doing? I'm picking out my wardrobe. <laughs> No, it's called multitasking, folks. Anyways, all right. Well, let's multitask this. All right, let's talk about our other podcasting projects. You have a new one that you want to talk about. In fact, because of that, you're part of this week's PVD cast. But I digress. Tell us all about your new project, please. Yeah, knowing John for all these years, he finally invited me on the PVD cast, and um, I was honored. Uh, John made me stick to a very specific topic. Uh, I tried to derail it when I could, but I didn't get very far. So you guys can check that PVD cast episode out. The Scary Snobs, we are now on Thursdays at 10 p.m. I said the wrong time on John's show, but it's Thursdays at 10 p.m. Come check us out. Listen to it. We talk horror movies. Or you can check out the Three Geeks podcast live every Sunday at 10 a.m. All right. Let's talk about the PVD cast, as you mentioned. Uh, you know, you're on talking about horror movies and all that stuff. Uh, PVDcast.com is the uh, best place to find it or through all those major podcasting outlets like Stitcher Radio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, et cetera, et cetera. Don't forget about Patreon.com slash Larry Hankin. Ladies and gentlemen, Larry's coming up in an upcoming episode. I think it is in season three. And so he definitely has a tie to this wonderful podcast. And he has a fantastic project, the Larry Hankin stories that we are helping him out with. Uh, Go to patreon.com, Larry Hankin. There's prices and tiers for whatever fits your budget. And with that, you get some cool perks. I mean, right now... Hold on, Larry what? is in season three. We've only got one episode left of season three. I'm sorry, season four. I misspoke. I'm so sorry. Season four. Like, my... Wow, we got Larry coming up. Handing <laughs> no, no, my, my bad on that. I, I forgot what season we were on there. My my bad. Anyways, um, so yeah, definitely checking out. Donate if you'd like to donate. You get some really cool content, some behind the scenes stuff, some great tales, some short videos from Aunt Larry and his personal collection. Even heck, you can even get a sample of his book that he is uh that he's currently working on. And so check it out once again, patreon.com slash Larry Hankin. And uh, Jason, I think with that, that's everything, right? Yeah. And um, folks, this is the part of the podcast where we uh, shut it down. Yeah, it is. Don't forget, in a couple weeks, you're going to hear that conversation that we're going to have with Daniel Roebuck. We're really looking forward to it. And that's it. So let's get on out of here, shall we, Jason? We shall. And as they say in court, Nothing further.
The following is a joint production of the Three Geeks Podcast and John Orlando Enterprises, LLC. Copyright 2023.